0: to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage.
1: In today's episode, episode 196, we talk with Tara Wells, author of the newly released The Bondi to Manly Walk, The Definitive Guide. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. The 80km Bondi to Manly Walk, located in central Sydney, takes in some of the city's most iconic landmarks, including the Sydney Harbour Bridge and Opera House, in addition to providing insight into the residential heart of the city. But one thing that people may not be aware of is that this walk includes urban bush and parkland that occasionally makes you forget where you are, providing some amazing natural views. This walk can be done segment by segment or as a multi-day through hike, depending on your available time or fitness. In today's episode, we catch up with author Tara Wells and talk to her about her newly released guidebook, The Bondi to Manly Walk, The Definitive Guide. This book provides the ultimate printed guide to the urban hike that many people don't know exists. Okay, so Tara, thank you for taking the time to talk with Australian Hiker.
2: Thanks for having me, Tim.
1: All right. Now, before we talk about your book, give us a brief introduction to yourself, just a bit of general background and your hiking resume.
2: So I grew up in the southern parts of Sydney where the Royal National Park was our closest backyard so did spend a lot of time hiking and camping growing up I can't say I loved it (laughs) I was always the first person back to the car when I was a kid Uh, but as time goes on you learn to appreciate what you have and then as an adult I trained um, in communications and journalism but was and worked in radio but was really ready to leave that by the time I met my husband and he had already founded a tourism business that was guiding hikes in Sydney's national parks in fact his first hikes were in Royal National Park which was where I was familiar with so we very quickly were together romantically and in business and then had three children in three years which Um, We bought, you know, the baby hiking packs, but they were ambitious because we didn't know that we were going to have the kids so close together. Um, And until finally we turned the business into a blog and I went back to my roots, which is writing and and starting off with my first book, which is the Bondi to Manly Walk. So I kind of condensed those years of being really familiar with Sydney's walking trails. And using my passion, my passion, but also my experience of writing, to turn that into something that I could share with more people.
1: All right. So, what sort of when you do go hiking yourself, uh, when you, when we all have the opportunity, what sort of hikes do you and your husband like doing?
2: So the ones that we've we we got together really um, quickly, got married quickly, and had children quickly. So we have limited shared experience. But we had lots of individual experience before we came together. So mine were, my background was, as I said, in New South hiking in New South Wales and with a few significant trips to New Zealand with the Milford and the Rootburn. And then our joint experiences with our children, and our children are still quite young, we are more... We're just about to do our first overnight camp, hike, hiking camping with our kids because they're now at an age where they can carry something. <laughs> um, so in the in the past few years, our goal has just been to make bushwalking or the expectation of walking to make it incidental to our lives. So our kids and we now live near a national park where we can leave the house, and not have lunch packed even, just leave and walk, and that they'll walk for one to three hours without complaining. So, and that is kind of, that's what we've been doing, is setting up this foundation that now that they're old enough, our goals are to do lots more in New South Wales, but we have long-term goals of all going back to New Zealand, going to Tassie, can't wait to do... Lots of inter-in-style hikes in the UK or I don't know which Camino, but a Camino.
1: Yep.
2: So all of these is kind of if anyone knows that time period when you have really young kids, it's a little bit feels like the old life is put on hold, but it's just momentarily while you set up for the new types of adventures that you'll do together. So that's the phase where we're at now. Yeah.
1: All right, so now let's move on to the Bondi to Manly walk. What's so special about this walk from your perspective?
2: This was a walk that I was already familiar with many sections of the walk. So there's some that lots of listeners would be aware of in Sydney, like the Spit to Manly or uh, Bondi to Coogee, but years and years and years ago when we were guiding hikes in sydney's national parks we were up against it because nobody thought of sydney as a walking destination they might have flown into australia into sydney to go somewhere else to go to tasmania to go anywhere else even to go to the blue mountains but nobody thought of walking in sydney then a decade ago my husband and I walked from Manly to Bondi as our honeymoon. And even though I was really familiar with many of the sections, I had never done the whole lot together. And as a lifelong Sydney-sider, even I was blown away by what this walk had to offer. It's got protected remnant bushland, but nearly beside multi-million dollar houses. So you've got this amazing sticky beaking of... Harbourside homes. Turn a corner, you're in the bush, and you've got no sense that you're in Australia's largest city. And I really feel like Sydney's great asset is its outdoor spaces, and the Bondi to Manly walk is just picks two jewels and walks between the two through the harbour city. So it really is um, a favourite that I felt more people needed to would benefit from knowing about.
1: Yeah. I must admit, I um I did the uh, Manly to Spit Bridge walk uh, a number of years ago. I I was looking for walks to do in the Sydney area, and we were heading up to spend spend a weekend with friends. Even though they'd been living in Sydney for a number of years, they weren't aware of that walk. And I think oh, at that God. stage, I I discovered a bit like you. I I did the Spit Bridge to uh, uh, Manly walk, and then walked back uh, walked back again after lunch, uh, and then. Um, Discovered that there was a long, it was part of a longer trail, and I think I think you're right. Even though uh, uh, you know people who've been living in Sydney for most of their lives just don't realise there is a a, a a number of walks, including the Bondi to Manly, that that sit within the city and give you a almost a bush experience, or pretty much a bush experience without realising it.
2: It is. It's, that's what makes it extraordinary. I call it a semi-urban walk. So you are on footpaths, esplanades, built spaces for quite a bit of the walk. But there's. I, I still find it shocking but in a good way, that feeling of turning the corner and entering the bush. And these are really old trees. Um, they're not new plantings and being stunned that we're right here in the city but we're not at all we're in the middle of the bush
1: so in relation to the bond later manly walk what's the favorite part of the trail for you
2: i would say any part that enters sydney harbour national park now sydney harbour national park is unique in that it's all disjointed pockets of land it's not one space So you enter the park, you leave the park, you enter the park, you leave the park. And that is dotted all around Sydney Harbour's foreshore. So I I think they're the really special moments. Um, Mm. You can do, for any part of the Bondi to Manly Walk, you don't have to walk the full 80 kilometres. You can do very small sections of it. And so some of the highlights highlighted small sections are places like hermitage foreshore walk or the spit to manly all around the bradley's head and chowder bay area and they're all within sydney harbour national park so they're definitely my favorites
1: and and from your perspective you you, now i think you've done this walk a number of times or you've certainly done sections of it but have you done the, the total walk a number of times
2: I absolutely have done the whole walk I've done I would say I've done every kilometre once now there are many kilometres that I've done over and over and over again many of them at least twice there are some that I've only done just the once but as well as doing the full 80k I also had to walk every do it Every detour, every high versus low path. Every should I go down there? Is that a worthwhile little optional detour? Is that worth my time? So that I could share with other people. Yes, that's the you should walk down that little path to get to that view, that headland. And no, don't don't do that one. That one's (laughs) that one hundred stairs is not worth it. Um, Yeah, so I've definitely walked every part of it.
1: Okay, and what uh, from your perspective? What surprises uh, you know, would you think that you, that you weren't aware of, or you think people might come across that, that were really interesting?
2: What I found the most interesting, because I think even inexperienced walkers can see what I'm about to say for themselves, and keen bushwalkers would be knowledgeable, and that is the beautiful natural spaces. Um, I think can be admired by anyone, and then. Natural spaces contrasted with views of the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge, really quite iconic built structures also there to be enjoyed. But the thing that I found the most surprising are the stories of the places along the way because I believe it's the stories of the places that we walk through that can transform a mere lovely pretty walk into something that has a deeper and more meaningful experience so it was the stories of the places along the way that really gave me the most intrigue and delight and left the biggest impression beyond just the pretty views
1: I must admit I um I, as I said, I've, I was familiar with the Central Harbour area, but for me, doing the eighty-kilometre walk, going into areas that I'd never seen before, and I think most Sydney siders wouldn't probably go into. They tend to, like most people, I think you tend to stay in your local area, or you, know, you go from home to work, or home to sport, or home to school. But yeah, outside that, it's rare people will actively explore their own city, and I think doing it on foot, particularly in this trail, is a really good opportunity to see such a, a diversity of natural landscapes, of built built structures, of of views, and of culture throughout the Sydney area. I absolutely agree, Tim. Okay, now the Bondi to Manly. Uh, guidebook that you've just released this is your first book so what motivated you to to write this book
2: the seed was planted a decade ago so that was when I the honeymoon walk was walking from Manly to Bondi and of course all our friends thought we were nuts about why would you not go and sit on a beach on a tropical island for your honeymoon but you know Horses for Courses, and for us we we wanted to discover this part of Sydney for our honeymoon. Um, so the seed was planted then that we thought this is an extraordinary walk that deserves more attention, but all those years ago we didn't quite know what to do with it and we did nothing with that idea. It, just, it was just the, the beginnings of an idea. And then quite a few... Years and so we had used maps and track notes that had been developed by a group of volunteers called the Walking Volunteers. And then, quite a few years ago, the Ma- Bondi to Manly Walk supporters announced that they were developing this part of the harbour's Walking Trails into a connected, signposted route. Now, it's a it's a walk that you've long been able to do, but it was never sign signposted as such, nor promoted. So as soon as they announced that this is the section of the harbour's walking trails that they would develop, that to me was my aha moment of, yes, this this. Goes back to what I had long thought it needs to be shared with more people. What are my special skills and experiences that can help that to happen? And that is a guidebook. So I approached a publisher and I and I don't think they were very familiar with the walk at that point. And I had said, look, just to let you know, this is about to be um, an official walking route. I really think a guidebook would be useful for that. We already knew from the blog that we had, Sydney Coast Walks, that people were coming to us saying, I'd like to do it, but I don't know how, or how many days should I do it in, or how do I do it as an in-to-in style walk, where you walk to a new accommodation place each night and then continue on the way. So even though there was starting to be a desire for people to do the walk, there was a big hole in terms of, very detailed information. So that's how I felt that I could be of most use.
1: So when looking through this book, there's more than just the obvious that you expect to find, like directional information and distance. You've also included optional extensions and other information to help with planning resources. How did you decide what to include and what not to include?
2: The way I approached it was... There, I think I've included about 80 stops along the way, and that includes the two optional walks that I've in, put in as well. I just, I, firstly, I included those two optional walks because being so familiar with that with Sydney's coastline, that I thought, imagine walking from Bondi to Manly and not seeing the little bit just before you get to Bondi, the the cliff tops along there of the Kujita Bondi walk offers something that you can't see in the next 80 kilometres of your journey. So that's an optional extra I put in. And even though the walk hugs the coastline the whole way, when you get to Sydney City, the centre of the city, you come around the Opera House and you head over the Harbour Bridge over to the north side, which is a really fabulous views but again i felt like imagine walking that whole way and not seeing the city and not connecting any of the green spaces within the city so i i was keen for that walk to be included as an optional extra as well and i developed that one myself linking all of the green spaces like the royal botanic gardens or um behind darling harbors Tumbalong park and um and Hyde Park in the city and the domain. So they're two that I knew I really wanted to include above and beyond the, the, the official route. How did I choose what not to put in? Well, there was so much that when I chose, say, the 80 stops, give or take, along the way, some of them are really obvious of places that you would want to stop and have a look But just by walking every single kilometre, you could feel the natural places where you would want to linger or the natural places that had a lot of history or cultural or a great yarn that needed to be explored a lot more. Leaving things out was the tricky thing because when you know something so well, Like I think for dog walking, I mentioned I've got a few paragraphs on how to do it as a dog walk, which was never what I did. But very quickly, doing the walk, you discover in an in an eighty-kilometer route, there's more than twenty off-leash dog areas, and there are hotels in Sydney that let you stay with your dog. So I could go on about that a lot more than what I I put into the book because I wanted to keep the book's focus as as a walk that would just a bushwalker or a keen, uh, you know, urban walker would want to tackle. So by being focused is how I decided what to leave out. And then it was a process with the publisher. The first chapter, which was Bondi to Watson's Bay, I think I did that nine different times, nine different drafts, because however I chose to structure the information for one section was how the rest of the book would be laid out. And I really needed it to be easy to read when you were at home in the planning stage and then easy to read when you were literally on the track using the book while you were out doing the walk. So I spent a long time trying to get that balance right. Um, And then I even had some what I call test walkers. So I put it out to family, friends and connections who I knew were keen walkers and gave them my draft notes for them to go and follow the notes to see if it worked from a walking perspective, which it did. There were a few tweaks I had to make if I wasn't clear enough about if there's some parts of the walk that are a bit trickier to find the trap than in others. So I, I definitely made sure that I had um, real in-the-field experience that I could from other people that I could bring back to make it more user-friendly for the for the end reader.
1: I must admit, I think, I think it was interesting to listen to you, you talking about 80, 80 stops along the way. I, um, not being a Sydney local, um, you know, I was familiar with Sydney City. I think I come up to Sydney in normal times, probably about two or three times a year. But you know, I think it was the first time I'd ever walked across the Harbour Bridge and I was just stunned at the sheer volume of people that were walking across the bridge. Um, I just wasn't expecting that. I thought, yeah, a few people will do it, but there were there were literally hundreds as I was walking, uh, which was quite interesting. Um, and
2: you know what else I think has changed, Tim, is I did the walk at the same time of year, September, October, two years in a row. But the first year was pre-COVID and the second year was, after the first lockdown so when we had freedom of movement but we were still restricted to australia couldn't travel internationally yep the amount of walkers in that 12 month period had just exploded as more and more people discovered that what they were desperate for in lockdown was to get out and to get and to explore and to be in nature, and one of the best ways to do that was working out that we have a lot to discover in our own backyard of Australia, or our own cities and states. Um, and we don't need to have those iconic overseas experiences. Only that there are things here that we can discover.
1: I must admit, I think that's something I've certainly noticed over the last uh, uh, twelve to fifteen months. The the sheer volumes of people on trail that. Yeah, you know, normally they're busy, or some trails are particularly busy. There's one walk I do in my local area, which is um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a mountain walk, and I typically would used to do that three to four times a week. I just find it's just way too busy now, and it, very narrow trails, and it's a bit hard to social distance, so I've I've given it a miss. But it, but some of the more central areas of Canberra where where I'm based, the sheer volume of people walking around the lake has just exploded when people get out and about and they want to get some exercise and walking is it, which is a good thing to see.
2: It is a good thing to say, to see. It's just it does change, though, doesn't it, when you're used to having a track to yourself <laughs> or it feels like you've nearly got it to yourself and then suddenly you're like, where are all these people from? Oh, well, they've discovered the same thing I have. That It's quite beautiful. Um, so, yes, we can't begrudge everyone.
1: And now from your perspective, what are the key considerations for walking this trail?
2: The key consideration is to know what kind of walker you are and what you'd like to get out of it. So, the great thing about the Bondi to Manly walk is that you can completely cater to your own whims. You just, as long as you're finding like minded people to walk with, you know, similar fitness level and similar goals, you can make the walk whatever you want it to be. So, if you want to do this as four days, 20 kilometres a day and the goal is just to get the kilometres under your belt. You can do that. And, and by doing that, it's quite a challenging walk. There's quite a few headlands that are up and over down the other side. So you can, you can have that challenge if you'd like it to be that way. You can also do it as an in-to-in style walk if you would like that type of holiday Again, you can choose lots of kilometres a day and walk to your next place's accommodation or you can take it more gently and think, you know, we, we're going to walk this but we're going to make sure we have before-dinner drinks and Ooh. maybe go for a kayak or a sup one day or see a theatre show one night. There's a few places you literally walk past theatre precincts and the, the fine dining which you wouldn't do in your daytime lunch hiking clothes, maybe you could go back that night and do it. Or if you just don't have that much time, because it's so public transport accessible, you can choose to do one to two days in sections. Um, either you're just picking out the highlights of the walk that you want to do, and I've broken that down, what the highlights are, or you can just do methodically, do the 80K over as many days or weekends that you have available. So you might want to do it as, you know, four different weekends where you're just going to have this as something that you'll complete over a series of free time or, or you've only got a week off work. So you're going to do really, really slowly, um, you know, the southern section and then later come back and do the northern section. So the great thing is it's whatever you want it to be. If your knees are a bit uh-uh, then An even better thing is you can have plan A and say today I'm going to walk from A to B, but then you get halfway along, discover that you're getting grief from, you know, knees or, you know, feet are always a big one for walkers too. And there's somewhere, it's public transport accessible, that if you really need to, you can pull out. Or if there's someone in your party who's not as strong as everyone else, they can pull out early, meet you back at the wherever. So th- that that is the real joy of this walk is that whatever you want it to be, you can make it that way. So I've got a really detailed distance summary, really detailed itinerary suggestions, so that depending on what type of walker you are, you can make this suit you.
1: Okay, now one final question: Where to next? Is there another book on the on the the, the drawing board?
2: Oh well, I've just. Um, I've made it my mission to concentrate on one thing at a time, but now that this book is out there, I did talk to the publisher just last week and say, I've got this idea, I've got that idea, I've got this idea, and they were keen. Some of the ideas will need to wait for infrastructure to be built because the government is announcing more and more connecting walking trails through Sydney and New South Wales, which may need a guidebook if that's, you know, where where the walks are going and where we're all keen to follow. I certainly haven't finished talking about, I, I really am in love with Sydney and its coast and its uh, its trails and discovering Sydney on foot. So there's another idea connected to that too that's not a guidebook but maybe something that we can enjoy vicariously from our lounge rooms if we can't get out there. So nothing I can announce yet, but just things that I'm working on in the background.
1: That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So we've been talking with author Tara Wells on her recently released book, The Bondi to Manly Walk, the definitive guidebook. Tara, thank you for your time. Thank you, Tim. So that was our interview with Tara Wells, uh, the author of the Bondi to Manly Definitive Guidebook. And I think from my perspective, this is the definitive printed guidebook for this track, this trail. Um, There's always been the app. There's always been the website. uh, But sometimes uh, having that guidebook, uh, something you can carry with you, or some people just prefer paper rather than electronic, uh, it, it certainly is that. It is the definitive guidebook.
0: Yeah, and what was good about it was that it's been well tested as well. So, you know, it's not just relying on uh, the author's familiarity. Um, Tara was able to get others to uh, check the guide and to make sure that, uh, you know, when you needed to turn here, people understood that. And um, and this is one of those walks where there are, are lots of uh, you know, moments where you'd be winding in and out, and uh, sometimes I think Tara said this that the trail isn't always as obvious um, as as you would expect or as you would experience if you were walking in the bush.
1: I, th- I think I have done this walk, and um, it, it it does sit within a, a, the Australian Hiker one of the, our top ten walks. It really is a hidden gem. Uh, as I said, most people are aware that the components of the walk or the walk in their local area exist, but they probably aren't aware that you know it's an eighty-kilometre walk, and you can make it longer than that if you want. So Tara's gone through and provided a couple of additional options on this. So Kuji to Bondi, which adds some extra distance, and also taking you into the city as well. I mean, this walk does go through the Opera House. It does go through a, a short section of the city. But, you know, if you've got the time and got the opportunity, um, you've got the ability to actually have a good look into the city itself.
0: Well, that's the other thing about this walk is that you can uh, stop and start. You can do sections. You can do a few days. Um, you know, you, you you can really hike your own hike. Uh, it is a, it is a urban walk. You can get on and off, and uh, access to public transport or accommodation is easy. Um, all of those, you know, things that you need to be thinking a little bit more about um, if if you were doing an alternative. So it, it just it is a great option, and uh, it's such a stunning landscape uh, in this part of the world.
1: One of the things that surprised me and even listening to the interview that Tara and her husband did their honeymoon on this trail. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think it's a great idea. It is. And I think I can almost probably safely say that she's probably the only one that's ever done a honeymoon on this this walk. I I could be wrong, but yeah, you know, it's probably not a bad way to do it when you think about it. Yeah, you know, we can't go overseas at the moment. Um, it's a good opportunity to spend time in a city that even if you live there, there's probably sections you've never been there before. Now, I did this walk in three days. Realistically, you could also go through and do this quite easily in seven or eight or nine days. You know, Do, do a, a, an eight to 10 or eight to 12 kilometre day, stop in at a hotel, uh, have a short day, go out and get dressed uh, and go out and have a, a nice dinner.
0: You I mean get dressed and then go out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way around is probably best.
1: <laughs> um, or, or yeah, or stopping at a beach and and spend half a day having a swim and and spending time at the beach, or or doing the touristy stuff in some of the the areas like North Head and even even the uh, the South Head. I'd I'd never been to South Head before, and looking at some of the heritage uh, uh, in that area was really quite good. This is this is one of these walks that really does have something for everybody, and. As I said, I just hadn't thought about spending longer time and, and taking a, a staycation, if you like, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the city of Sydney uh, and getting to see parts of the city you're never going to see.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I guess we've got this whole new ap- appreciation for uh, our local backyard given that uh, we've had to spend a, a whole lot more time there in the last 18 months or so. Yeah. So, you know, what a, what a great opportunity.
1: Now, the other thing that this guidebook does, I mean, it's a typical guidebook, you know, it talks about the facts and the figures and things like that. One of the things I do like about this guidebook, it does talk about uh, hiking with children, uh, and Tara does have three of her own. And it does also talk about hiking with dogs. Now, you can't do the entire 80 kilometers uh, with dogs because there are sections of national parks where dogs aren't allowed. But certainly, if you want to do sections of it or do the sections where you can do, and take your dog for a walk, uh, if there's an opportunity to exist for that, and Tara does talk about that in this book.
0: Yeah, which, again, uh, I think just adds another dimension to um, the experience.
1: And as you said, you know, when, when I did my walk, I did – the trail and that was pretty much it. I didn't explore off track as such whereas Tara has so she's taken every alternative route. She's gone up and downstairs that maybe that I would have walked straight past thinking no I don't need to have a look at that. So she's gone through and done a lot of the uh, the the alternates and the options along there and again if you're not trying to do this in a in a weekend or you're trying to take a bit of time this walk is it's a good opportunity uh to go through and do this uh without having to uh, uh you know you can read the guidebook you can say well okay that's something that interests me I might spend a bit more time this day and take a bit longer okay so as i said this was this for us is is one of our favorite walks or my favorite walk because Jill hasn't done it no <laughs> i didn't
0: get to do it and we were going to do it um not long after and uh yeah we <laughs> I haven't been yeah. out of lockdown yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, may, I managed
1: to get it in just before COVID started in 2020. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a walk that we will go back and do it together at some point because it is, it is a great walk. So this is an excellent guidebook for an excellent walk and well worth looking at. Now, we have done a book review on this as well. So if you go to the link in the show notes, there'll be the link to uh, the, the guidebook review. Uh, and where you can find the guidebook, in addition to some additional resources as well. So uh, I have done a podcast on this. uh, So if you're not familiar with this track and, and need a bit more convincing, have a listen to that. So that's all for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. And again, if this is a walk you are thinking about doing, it is certainly worthwhile looking at this guidebook because it'll give you a lot more information uh, and uh, a lot more uh, material that you can actually carry with you if you feel like doing it. Okay, that's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.